Open your Bibles with me, please, this morning to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. In studying Romans chapter 15, last Lord's Day, verses 8 through 12, we came upon a quoted passage used by the Apostle Paul to show the Gentiles coming in to the kingdom of God in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the places that Paul quoted, one of the four, was Isaiah 11, verse 10, and I read it to you this morning. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Amen. Amen. We plant a standard in the house of God this morning, the house of the Lord. We plant the standard of the son of Jesse, the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. His rest is glorious, the comforts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of grace, the finished work of the cross, full redemption and atonement for all of our sins. His rest is indeed glorious. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? You're going to see that your affection, your attention, your fascination with the Lord Jesus Christ is what is taught in the next verse of Romans chapter 15, and it's something that we want to have for the sake of our church for the sake of our souls, and for the sake of our families. I hope that this 10th verse causes you great delight. It did Jerry. He mentioned it on Wednesday evening. I hope you saw the glory of it last Lord's Day. And in that day, the Gospel Day, because the Apostle Paul applied it to the preaching of the Gospel in 60 A.D., in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, the Lord Jesus Christ, which shall stand for an ensign of the people, a royal standard calling forth the armies of Israel and the armies of the Gentiles to join together in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ under military terms. To it shall the Gentiles seek that ensign, that coat of arms, that royal banner of the Lord Jesus Christ is what the Gentiles long for. He's called the desire of all nations in Haggai chapter 2, and his rest shall be glorious. I thought heavily. I pulled out tapestries last night that I haven't looked at in a long time. I pulled out swords. I looked at shields. Talked about swords. Talked about coats of arms. Thinking that maybe I should bring something like that to get your attention. But for fear that you would misunderstand such things, I didn't do it. And I hope that verbally you can understand the importance of those things. It would be pleasant if somebody that was graphically oriented and knew how to use clip art could make a coat of arms for the Lord Jesus Christ simply for the benefit of our souls and delighting in the ensign of the people. I can see this coat of arms having, as I wrote to you this week, this coat of arms having a V on it for His virgin birth. I can see a dove on it for the Holy Spirit descending and staying upon Him when He was baptized and presented to the nation of Israel. I can see a Jesse and a David because He was the son of both. I can see a branch, a root, I can see an empty tomb, I can see a lion, and I can see a lamb, and I see the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you delight in Him as an ensign of the people? An ensign was a banner, a coat of arms, a royal standard that would be planted outside the pavilion of a king, showing what king was in that pavilion. And we have a glorious king to worship this morning. Now bear with me, because I want to read you a whole chapter of the Word of God. And it's Isaiah chapter 11. I want to read this chapter to you and have you follow along with me. The first five verses 
describe the Holy Spirit coming upon the Lord Jesus Christ at His first coming and blessing Him to be of quick understanding and full of the fear of the Lord. Verses 6-9 through describe the peace and unity of His kingdom under the terms of animals acting contrary to their nature because regeneration in the gospel causes men to act contrary to their nature. This is not some future day that the Greenville Zoo needs to worry about in which God will pull down the cages and the bars between the animals there at the zoo. Verses Beginning at verse 10, which the Apostle Paul quoted, in Romans chapter 15, we know it's about the gospel age. And then it goes on to describe that Gentiles are going to come. Verse 10 says about the Gentiles. The Jews are going to be regathered from all over the place. If you remember the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, it mentions Jews having come out of over 15 different nations to be there and to behold the apostles speaking in their tongues. And he'll set up an ensign for the nations, verse 12, that's us Gentiles again, and together Jews and Gentiles are going to come together in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The envy of Ephraim shall depart. The ten tribes were sometimes called Ephraim, as opposed to Judah and Benjamin that were called Judah, and the division between those two sections of Israel would dissipate. Those two sections of Israel hated each other, and they fought against each other at great loss, great civil wars in the annals of Bible history. But they're going to fly together. They're going to come out of these countries. They're going to fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines, verse 14. They're going to exceed all their enemies in spiritual blessings. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. The Red Sea will not just be divided. It will disappear spiritually, so there will be no hindrances for converts to the gospel from Egypt to Assyria. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like when God brought them up out of Egypt. And all this, seen through the spectacles of the New Testament, is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, because Paul quoted the 10th verse in Romans chapter 15 as applying to his time, and the Gentile converts that were in the church at Rome. I read to you Isaiah 11. Rejoice with me. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears." But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea, And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in the seven streams, and make men go over dryshod. And there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. It is a shame that so many will read a passage like this and want to understand it literally. When the Bible tells us in Hosea chapter 12 and verse 10 that the prophets of the Old Testament did not speak literally, but they used similitudes, and that causes them all their trouble. God's prophets used similitudes, picture language, rather than terms to be literally understood. We know that the Apostle Paul put this passage into fulfillment in the gospel day of his preaching. I want you to notice things like verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. What mountain is God concerned about and what mountain is the Bible speaking of when it says my holy mountain? There's only one holy mountain and it wasn't Mount Sinai. That was God's condemning mountain. But there's a holy mountain, it's called Mount Zion. And the New Testament saints are coming to Mount Zion. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 22 through 24, the Mount Zion which is above and the city that is built upon it is Jerusalem which is above, which is the mother of us all. You know, when the nature of men has changed, we come into the church of God, we come to the same Lord's Supper, and it doesn't matter if there's children in this assembly, the children can lead anyone in this assembly. The youngest child in here that is capable of walking and leading an adult can lead any adult that is in this church because God's changed our natures so that we come together, whether 75 or 5, and we're of one heart and and one mind, we no longer destroy because God has saved us and changed our natures. And he's called them together. You heard the long list of places in verse 11. But when you go read Acts chapter 2, it's very comparable to the list there of all those Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Remember it said it's going to cover the the land and the earth like the waters cover the sea. And and it said from the four corners of the earth, it says out of every nation under heaven in Acts chapter 2. God calls his people, Jews and Gentiles, together to one ensign that we have planted today in the house of the Lord, the ensign of Jesus of Nazareth. Do you love him this morning? We're going to sing his praise. We're going to laud him. We're going to extol him. We're going to sing a song shortly that's a great hymn of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I watched it a number of times last night in a clip from Westminster Abbey, the nation of my fathers, and I'm still thankful that though they be pagan, rejectors of God, when they gather for important assemblies, they still sing, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. They don't know what they're singing. So when I hear you today, we're going to speak and teach and admonish each other with understanding. They've lost it. God's left them to the delusions of their own imaginations. But he's blessed us with an understanding that we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord be blessed this day by our love of his son and the ensign of the root of Jesse. Let us pray. Almighty God and Holy Father, we thank Thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the ensign of the people, the desire of all nations, our Lord and our Savior, that we can come boldly into Thy presence this day. We thank Thee for the root of David, the rod of David and Jesse, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lamb of God, the Messiah, God with us, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, and the Everlasting Father. Heavenly Father, we pray that this day you will lift us up by the Holy Ghost, by almighty power, to fill us with joy and peace that we might abound in hope through the Lord Jesus Christ and our faith in Him. We place our faith in Him alone. We put no trust in men, neither religious men, nor political or civil men. We put our trust not in biological fathers, but in spiritual fathers, and in Thee, our Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon us this day, and O Lord, show us the Lord Jesus Christ, and lift up our affection and our fascination with Him, that we will delight in Him with all of our hearts, all of our minds. And in so doing, we will be filled with joy and peace and hope. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive us from spiritual neglect of our souls. Forgive us for spiritual slothfulness. Forgive us for being distracted from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let Him be the preeminent theme in this church this day in our worship of Thee. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that You have saved us and given us an understanding of the truth. We're thankful that we can read Isaiah 11 and find no difficulties there. We see the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel rest that You have prepared for Your people that the majority of Israel lost, but You gathered remnants out of all corners of the earth and brought them together with Gentiles. And today, we are fellow citizens with the saints in the gospel rest of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is indeed glorious. And we thank Thee for it, Heavenly Father. We're thankful for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And we are thankful for the indwelling, permanent presence of the Holy Spirit with each of us. We are the temple of the living God. And we rejoice in that spiritual truth revealed to us in the New Testament. Heavenly Father, be with your saints in every place. Pour your blessing out upon the Sangadua Church and their fellow believers in Malaysia and Singapore as they have met this past week. 
bless the preaching, which is now finished, to bear fruit in their lives and to unite those believers that they will stand fast in the holy and apostolic faith of our fathers and the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We pray for every minister of yours, duly called and duly committed, that you will bless him this day with courage, conviction, understanding of the Scriptures, and fearlessness of men, that he will open the Word of God and feed your people with knowledge and understanding. We thank you for this nation. We thank you for its liberties. We thank you for its rulers. And we pray that you will have mercy upon them and help them as fathers take care of the nation's children that we might continue to lead the quiet and peaceable lives that we have for so long. Heavenly Father, open thy word to us. Let us not misdivide a single phrase of it. O Lord, we tremble before thy word. We see so many in error. We do not want those errors. We will discard anything that we hold dear that is wrong, and we will embrace anything you show us that is right. Have mercy upon us by the Holy Spirit, and see our love of the Lord Jesus Christ. See the confession of our sins freely before thee, that we are not worthy of the least of all the truth and of all the mercies that you have bestowed upon us. But now bless us, and lift us up, and let our praise be glorious, worthy of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's sing praise to the ensign of the people.